You're listening to a Radio 1 91FM podcast. We are now joined by Martin Brook to discuss the increasing demand for geoscientists in our changing climate. Hi Martin, how are you? I'm good Jess, how are you? Good, thank you. Can you explain the current high demand for geoscientists in New Zealand, particularly in relation to natural hazards and environmental management issues? Yeah, sure. And I mean, there is a big demand, and we know that by looking at seek.co.nz and other job websites. Um, I mean, the, there's three main drivers. The main one, actually, is geological hazards and responding to that. So geologists um, are used in construction, but also reconstruction. And obviously in New Zealand, we, we have a lot of geological hazards. We're on a convergent plate mar- margin. Um, we get earthquakes. We get occasionally volcanic eruptions. We're in uh, surrounded by ocean, so we've got a maritime climate. So, you know, we get a lot of moist air um, and, uh, you know, we've got a lot of high um, terrain. Uh, so, you know, residential uh, houses and infrastructure is, is impacted by geological hazards. And geologists are really important because if you need to build anything, even if it's a, a single story house, you need a geologist. They've got to do a soil auger, they've got to do a, pres- a penetration test, they've got to lug the core. And if you need to do a bridge across uh, Waitemata Harbour, you need hundreds of geologists because there's a huge ground investigation then needs to occur. Um, and obviously the, the response to hazards um, and landslide events like Cyclone Gabriel this year, that was 140,000 landslides this year across the North Island. And responding to that, the impact of that is is ongoing. And that requires, again, a lot of geologists. Um, so that that's just New Zealand and that's just talking about hazards. And obviously the we can talk about another you know other demands on geologists and you know the critical minerals and, and green energy a third one you know if we're if we're going to build lake onslow you know dozens of geologists are required for that ground investigation you can't just put a lake in a topographic basin and hope that the lake stays there um wind turbines you know if you want to build a wind turbine well you've got to know about the footprint underneath the turbine so there's going to be geologists there in the ground investigation critical minerals you know we've got 14 minerals in a smartphone the list goes in on where do you get the where do you get the <laughs> minerals from we tend to get them from overseas some of them are in a dodgy way from the congo um we should maybe look a bit more onshore here uh, so yeah that's a brief summary i think jess mm, awesome the conversation article mentions the potential for job losses in new zealand's geography departments at universities how might this impact the supply of geoscientists in the country? It is a problem, yes. Um, so, you know, we, we have a lot, lot of demands on our graduates anyway, because obviously across the Tasman, we've got geologists going into the resource sector there who earn a lot more money. So we, we tend to leak a lot of our graduates over there anyway. Um, so we do have a bit of a deficit in New Zealand and, and countries are, we are having to get geologists from other countries. Um, so that, that potentially is a problem. Um, and obviously, and you could talk about geoscience, you know, from, from GIS, you know, computerized spatial mapping to, to, you know, geologists. So it's a wide range of sort of related professions. It, it is a problem. Uh, and, and it's already manifest in itself because, I get contacted by companies maybe fortnightly asking for graduates um, and in fact you know recent students who've come to to Auckland from overseas you know from Africa and places like that you know one in particular he's had three job offers um, 
so so you know there's an insatiable demand for geoscience graduates in New Zealand um, so closing off um, departments it, it might be a bit maybe the student enrollments are a bit low at the moment for for some reason and we could talk about high schools and secondary schools there that's an issue i think uh, but you know it might be a bit bit of short termism there to save money and really thinking about the longer term it, it it's not good for the country as a whole mm. can you explain why the expertise is needed in regards to energy sectors and mineral sectors with geoscientists and the construction industry? Yeah, so as I said before, you know, if you want to build anything, you, you know, even if it's a, John, a one story house, a dwelling, you, you still have to do a ground investigation, a very small one. And that's usually a you know, graduate geologist or somebody else going out onto the site and doing three things uh, a, a soil auger, second thing is a, a shear vein to measure the shear strength of the soil. And the third thing is um, using a scale of penetrometer to measure the penetration resistance. Now, this is just at a very small scale. You want to build anything else. You need more geologists to do even more complex field testing and analysis. Um, and so, so that and that so that's just the construction industry. Um, and you know, a big construction project like City Rail Link, something like that, or. Um, Northern Motorway, you know, that sucks in dozens of geologists to, to work on on generally the ground investigation. So you've got to know the subsurface and develop a geological model of the subsurface. Um, so so that, that that's just construction, if you like. Mm. And most, I'd say 90% of New Zealand graduates work in construction because we don't have much of a mineral sector here. We tend to offshore our kind of environmental footprint when it comes to minerals that we, we need in gadgets and, and, and things. Um, so that's that's a whole other issue, I think. And um, you know, it, it's not what we do in New Zealand. I don't think is very ethical. We we expect other countries in Africa, where people are earning cents a day, or actually probably being forced into forced labour, to actually get raw minerals out of the ground. Then they go to a processing plant, get produced into products, and then they get sent to China or, or places like that, made into products that that we then consume and then we say oh look we've got a nice clean green environmental footprint we're not digging holes in our national parks mm. but the other side to that coin is that people in Africa and other um, in the global south are getting severely exploited to produce um, the technology that we use every day and I, I think it stinks actually and I think you know we should be um, taking ownership of our environmental footprint and not offshoring it and if we want gadgets and we want technology we should be extracting those minerals sensibly where we can from New Zealand and not expecting other countries to stuff up their environment for our 21st century needs. Mm. Are there, would you be able to explain the need for an updated national geospatial strategy? What would be the key benefits of such an update? Well, I think it'd be very good because um, there's a lot of technology emerged since, I think, 2006 when it was first launched. You know, the amount of satellites. I mean, New Zealand now has got, we're sending satellites into space, aren't we, from Mahia Peninsula, which is great. Um, so there's a lot of new satellites um, in orbit at different uh, altitudes with, with lots of different sensors on that have emerged since 2006. Um, so, so for, for one example, like in, in Europe, they've got the Sentinel, 
satellites which go around the world and, and, and tell us all about the well they give us optical imagery which are cameras they also tell us things like uh, how how far the earth is from the sensor uh, in in millimeters scale so that tells us how how much the, the ground is moving um every 12 days or so um so things like that would be great to build into a national geospatial strategy because we're, we're such a small population that we need to scale things as much as we can to make it work financially so it's no use Auckland Council doing something um, if it might be for, for benefit for the whole country um, and, and Auckland Council for example they're actually quite good at at um, sharing their expertise and and technology but um, you know it, it, it can need to be done nationally um, and, and there's too many I guess um, there's, there's a lot of regionality in New Zealand uh, and we just have the population to do things like that and you've seen that a bit with um, what the Labour government was trying to do with water trying to get economies of scale out of it and they, they hit a lot of opposition, a lot of localism um, so so we do have that in New Zealand, a lot of North versus South and Auckland versus the rest so I think these are kind of social problems so I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to say is well, we're talking about science, but really it's social science and political science which is the real issue in New Zealand. And that—that's—I don't know much about that, but I know that the the science is 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 quite straightforward. But it's the social science and the political science of it which I think is is the the real issue, getting things embedded properly here. Finally, would there be a benefit between geoscientists and social scientists if a collaboration was to occur? Hundred percent. Yeah, as I say, because and we had um, I was at the EGU conference, the geoscience, big geoscience conference in Vienna back in April, and I think a really important professor did a keynote at the start and said, "Look, uh, we all need to turn into social scientists because we're generating this amazing technology, this great science, but um, it ends up in peer-reviewed journals and in ivory towers." and it doesn't really have impact on society and the only way you can do that is through social science and political science um, and we have a three-year electoral cycle here which doesn't help so so yeah I, I think that's and lo lots of other people are starting to, to, to talk about this as well um, I won't mention names but um, yeah you, you can't do anything with science un unless you get you know, people to embed it in society and help you embed it in society that was a Radio 191 FM podcast. You can find more of them at r1.co.nz forward slash podcast.